Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Said it last night on the news, but I, I feel good about this team. I think th- right now Arkansas is playing its best baseball, and that's what you want right now. When when you look at uh, the pitching and defense is back. Their last three games uh, have been outstanding pitching and defense. They haven't made an error in the last three games, and we know about all the great plays they've made defensively. But pitching has done a great job holding Oklahoma State to three runs, North Carolina one run, and then the last game three runs. So pitching and defense is back, and that's how they got to 11-4 and in the SEC. And and you know what? The, the, the offense has come along, and I think they're doing a better job of being patient, selective, finding their pitches, and, and against North Carolina, they scored uh, some runs without relying on the home run. And for a while, that's that was it. It was feast or famine. Hit a home run, score some runs, or you get nothing. The offense is doing a little bit better. And now the bullpen's a strength. You think about moving Hagen Smith as your closer. Tiger there could close if, if Hagen Smith's not available, but he's a setup guy. You got Evan Taylor now as a setup, setup guy. That bullpen is a strength, and there are guys we haven't even mentioned out of the bullpen that can come in and, and help if, if the starting pitching's not there. So I, I honestly feel like they're playing the best that they've played all year, and that gives them a, an outstanding chance. Well, I don't think you're going to get much of an argument from our first guest today, Phil Elson, the voice of the Razorback baseball team, joining us here at DJ's Dugout in Omaha. It's good to see you, my friend. And What's up? The first familiar face I saw today. Although I will say I got to know Sonny a little bit, who's the CEO here several years ago, and Technically, she was the first familiar face I saw today, but you're my favorite familiar face. Does she look the same as seven years ago? She does. She looks great. She's All right. aging like a fine wine. Well, I look the same as the last time you saw me, I think. Yeah, you're and still a, a handsome devil. Facial hair. Hi, Wes. How are you? Hey, Phil. I'm good. I wish I was there with you. I know you do. I'd love to have you here, man. Let's stay here for 12 days. He says if we stay a few days, he'll be up, so maybe you guys will get to hang out together. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about it, man. I mean, I packed for eight days. Figure I'll do laundry next Friday before the championship series starts. Well, I can promise you this: if Arkansas makes it all the way to that Monday night deciding game, and they pull it off, uh, I may just sleep over here at DJ's dugout and do the show from here Tuesday morning, hungover, because uh, it'll be the biggest party we've seen in a while. I saw some of the guys from D1Baseball.com at the uh, credential pickup today, and one of them told me he packed a sleeping bag with him. Uh, I said, "Look, there are a lot of little nooks and crannies over at the Schwab that if you are creative enough." And take it from someone who slept at a ballpark before. You can you can sleep over there if you need to. Not during the game, you know, not where anybody can see you, but there's enough places, little nooks and crannies. You could get a nap over there if you're that drunk at that point of the night. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a tough town to get a, a seat in, and I just found out in talking to Sonny that there's a big youth baseball program or event, rather, uh, every tournament year. going on. Every year it happens the same time. And then every four years there's the U.S. Swimming Olympic Trials at the arena right over here. Man. I mean, it's just like three huge events going and it's not just like some like little league tournament or whatever that's that's like hundreds of teams little league teams that come in has to be time for the college world series because these kids want to watch these games it's unfortunate you can't do a pop-up hotel and add about you know thousand rooms or so be is nice. there such a thing no there isn't but it sounds nice. like a good idea it really is well the problem is most of the time i'm sure omaha has more than enough hotel rooms but this week and for the next 10 days they're not anywhere close and right it gives it the feel more. of stillwater for just a quick moment um even though this is um, a lot cooler place than stillwater but yeah some people have to stay like an hour out of town so what about the matchup let's talk about stanford a little bit and i told the guys you know we talked a little bit about their starting pitcher who's been great he was the pac-12 pitcher of the year but he did not pitch particularly well in his last couple outings 
I didn't realize offensively, I started digging into them a little bit today. This is a very impressive, dangerous team, Mm -hmm. especially the the top five producers for them from a home run and RBI standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of right-handed power, a lot. Outside of Brock Jones, who I think is probably their best hitter, it's mostly right-handed power. I think that plays pretty well uh, into, into Connor Nolan's hands who's tough on righties and is really good keeping the ball in the park. And and here in, in, in Omaha, it's not necessarily like keeping the ball in the park. It's keeping it out of the gaps and the alleys and off the fences because it's pretty tough to hit a home run in this in this uh, graveyard. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and, and that pitcher talking about, Alex Williams, I mean, Pac-12 pitcher of the year, but has been getting lit up ever since they started the Pac-12 tournament. I mean, Texas State scored against him. Uh, he didn't get out of the second against UConn. So they, I, I'm, I'm sure they have confidence in him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year. But the guy who really means something, I think, for them is they've got their own little Kevin Cop situation going with this left-hander, Quinn Matthews, who started and beat Arkansas back in early March, uh, but they don't use him as a starting pitcher right now. They use him to pitch almost exactly the same way that Kevin did last year, uh, where if they get a lead... In the middle of the game, I think they're going to go to him, especially here where you've got built-in days off as, as long as you keep winning. And he's a lefty, which has been really tough on Arkansas. So, you know, if they start getting going against Williams, um, I think they'll go to Matthews pretty quickly. What's been the most impressive thing to you? Because we were talking to Coach DeBrian yesterday, and, you know, Dave has done some things. Um, some I don't want to call them unconventional, but he's tweaked some significant things. And it's, like, it's like Wes pointed out yesterday, he's almost like King Midas. Everything's worked. You know, the lineup change. The changing of roles for pitchers, you know, the willingness to, to do some unconventional things like the digs move, you know, late in the game the other day that worked out beautifully. What's been the most uh, impressive thing to you as far as the, the tweaks that he's made? Well, I, it's the it's the change in pitching roles right now. I mean, he's been tweaking the lineup all season long. You probably wouldn't find more than like a, a four- or five-day stretch where the lineup's been the same one through nine. And it's been the same one through nine since the tournament started because, you know, if they win – he doesn't change things very much. He mm-hmm. does have that superstition to him. But the thing that was consistent more than anything else throughout the year was the starting pitching rotation. Every weekend you knew how it was going to line up. It was Connor Nolan, then it was Hagen Smith, then it was Jackson Wiggins. And then it wasn't anymore because Hagen ran into a wall and got tired. His velocity dropped, and, and they started looking at him in, in relief. I think still with thoughts of returning into the starting rotation because he did start against Oklahoma State. But just the fact that you've got a freshman, the youngest pitcher on the team, now is the second freshman closer this year. Not the first, because Brady Tigert was closing too. And I still think Tigert will get opportunities to close. just depends on the situation. And to have, to have and I don't mean this in a, in, a, in a negative way at all. It's just it tells you the story of what he's, what he's been through. To have a nobody in Will McIntyre. He, nobody knew who he was. When he came out of the bullpen to pitch in the in the uh, the rubber game against Auburn, um, I got a text from Andy Burcham, who's the radio voice of the Auburn Tigers. You guys probably know him, and and he he's like, has he been hurt? <laughs> he hadn't pitched in an SEC game yet. Yeah, and, no, he wasn't hurt. Nobody thought of him. He's the twentieth and last pitcher to appear in a game for Arkansas. A, t- a, a, a program that's sort of built on power arms, and Will wasn't a power arm when he showed up, and he really isn't now, but he throws hard enough. For him to now be the second starter on this team and someone that they really have a lot of confidence in just goes to show uh, a lot about the program in and of itself and in the coach's ability to view 
the changing roles. I asked Dave about that on the pregame on Sunday, Justin, and he said the players will tell you how and where and when to use them. It's all just based upon how they're performing. And Will has been performing to the point where he deserves that ball in the second game now. Phil, okay, we got the second game settled. What happens if they win or whatever when it's time for that third game? Who do you think pitches the third game? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it would be Zach Morris more than anything because that was the that was the case. I think that would have been the case if the North Carolina series had gone to three games and because they, they did give him the ball um, in the fifth and final game in, uh, in Stillwater, and that was must win. And he was good. Uh, he wasn't great. He needed some great plays to get him out of that. Caden Wallace's charger at third base and that great play in the hole by, by uh, Robert Moore. But the, he's another pitcher that they trust to throw strikes, to compete. He's a veteran. I think they'd go to, to Zach Morris. And that's not to say that like, he very well may pitch to, on, on Saturday, too. Yeah. He very well may pitch the second game as well. Because if they go to him as a third starter, I don't think they're asking for anything more than like three or four innings. Um, I don't think it would be Jackson Wiggins. And I'm not sure the role that Wiggins fills right now because, you know, he just he just hasn't thrown it over the plate on any consistent basis that you can trust that 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 he will throw it over the plate. Uh, you got to do that first and foremost. And and right now, I'm not sure what his role is. Any chance that that uh, Diggs gets more opportunities? You think in Who? some for- Diggs in form of some form or fashion? I mean, obviously, Gregory's been very solid in left field. He struggled at the plate for the most part. Uh, and I don't know what you know how Diggs translates defensively, but the thing about well, and and they're not sure how Diggs translates defensively either. That's why he only DHs right now. He takes ground balls to the corners. They're not sure where to play him. I think he'll play first base next year. Um, how big is he? How tall is he? He's he's like six one. He's he's got some size. Yeah. He's got the he's got the butt of a power hitter. Yeah. I think he's a legitimate <laughs> hitter. Um, he also has a really good idea of the strike zone, which makes him a lot like Gregory. You know, and and with Zach too. He doesn't reach base with the hits very much, but he's like the only guy I've ever seen. Look at the numbers. He has more walks than base hits. Yeah. For this time of the year, that's awfully rare. And his on-base percentage is over 200 points higher than his batting average. So uh, take the batting average aspect out of it. Where where he got put into the game was a place where, where you were thinking, well, you either want contact or you, or you want to walk. And that's what Kendall Diggs was going to give you at that point because Zach's been striking out a little bit too much. I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Dave goes to Kendall Diggs with like a, a game on the line at bat, eighth or ninth inning against a right-handed hitter uh, because he's come up with some very some dramatic late home runs. Auburn on the road and the walk-off against Ole Miss, those things mean something. And even though, even though he might make an out, I think he's going to go up and have a good at bat. Phil Elson's joining us here. We're at DJ's Dugout in Omaha. And if you're coming up this way, we're going to be here today. We're going to be here tomorrow from 10 until 4. John Neighbors is going to be joining us here in a little while, and he'll be on until 4 o'clock. And then we'll be here Saturday for a one-hour special, part of an alumni association event. We'll be here from 1030 until 1130, and then we're going to hand it off uh, to Phil. Is that right? No, 1130 to 1230. Game's at 1. Then you guys start at 1230 with the pregame. Excuse me. So uh, I was in my Eastern time. I don't know what I was thinking. You're still doing Carol. I hated. I, I hated having that. In- actually, I was actually giving you Mountain time, but that's okay. Um, so, uh, give me kind of an idea on, on Stanford as far as their style. We know about the home runs. I mean, are they they comfortable? Have they had to play small ball at all? I mean, they've had success against ranked teams, but the only team that they played in the World Series is Arkansas. Arkansas's yeah. obviously got a little better 
even though their RPI wasn't nearly as good as a lot of others, they have a lot of experience against a, a couple of teams that are here. I think they're more built like an SEC team than most of the teams out west. And I don't watch Pac-12 baseball on a routine basis, but they—I mean—they're they're one of the teams with over 100 home runs. Well, I think they also they also play the small ball game, which is which is West Coast style baseball. You know, hit and run, little speed, some more bunting, and also. You know, we saw that with some of the Pac-12 coaches that, that showed up in the SEC this year. Jay Johnson, the LSU coach, was at Arizona before. And, and it's interesting because for a style of baseball out west that's supposed to be built on speed, they slow the game down. Mm-hmm. to I mean, they ground it down almost to a halt. I don't know if Stanford does that. But, um, I mean, they're also one of the teams that knows what it's like to play here. And most of the team from last year in which Stanford um, went one and two, uh, they're back. So they have the experience of playing here, and that sometimes means something. You know, the other thing that I saw means something. Historically, recently, teams that were the number one seed one year and didn't win the national championship, the next year did. Hmm. Uh, I want to say, say Vanderbilt mm-hmm. might have been that in 2019, and they, I think they were the number one. They might have been the number one seed in 18. But this is this is a thing, you know, how the number one seed doesn't win the tournament, but maybe the next year they get a better chance. Yeah. Um, lastly, before we let you go, I know you got to go get set up, but you were talking on social media today about a restaurant that's local. And, again, we're going to spend a lot of time and money in DJs this week, but there are other spots closer, even closer to the ballpark. We're like a half mile away, which doesn't even feel like that. We're like five blocks away, four blocks away. Uh, what, uh, what are some other spots you'd like to hit while you're up here? What are some other well, I want to go try the Drover. I've never been. What That's is it? The, it's called the Drover. This is okay. like the famous steakhouse that everybody that comes to Omaha says you got to eat when you go to the College World Series. But you got to have transportation in order to do it because it's out by the Ascarbon neighborhood, um, which is not downtown. So I drove here. So I plan. I think you and I ought to. Get I have a car. Try. We can go. Um, we can race there. We uh, could drive together. You we know. could. It's we could actually option. do that too. Gas is so uh, expensive. Yeah. But I mean, all the restaurants around here. M's down the street is fantastic. I ate across the street. Uh, forget the name of the place, but it was really good. Right across from the courtyard where the team hotel is. Um, there's a lot of great restaurants around here. But there's an ice cream place called Zesto. That's what you were talking about today. Okay. Now that's not a restaurant. That's just a soft serve ice cream place. And it's one of the things. Now I never went to the College World Series at Rosenblatt. You know what, what we're experiencing downtown here is antithetical, I think, to what it was like at Rosenblatt because the only thing that was close there was the zoo, and there weren't any restaurants around there. Mm-hmm. there might have been, like, some, you know, concession stands and whatnot, but there's a Zesto there, too, and it's soft-serve ice cream. It's, like, it's supposed to be the official taste of the College World Series. There's nothing special about it. It's just soft-serve ice cream with <laughs> okay. some sprinkles and stuff on yeah. it, but it's good. Did you ever go to the pizza joint across from the stadium? I think I went there either in 18 or 19. I can't remember. I mean, honestly... There's really not bad food around the stadium here. Yeah, these like DJ's dugout. It's it's burgers and fries and chicken sandwiches and stuff, but it's all great. Yeah. Well, like Western last night I ordered a plate of nachos. I'm looking at this. It's like, yeah, you guys put effort into these nachos. Yeah. Midwesterners know how to eat. Look at them. I mean, <laughs> you know how we do. So what do they call us? So they call they're called corn fed, right? Yes, corn fed. These are my people. These are my people. So, well, man, uh, I appreciate you coming by today, and hopefully we can chat a little more tomorrow. But I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing from the uh, the players and Coach Van Horn today. I know you had a chance to talk to him yesterday for the Hogpaw. What, uh, anything stand out about the conversation before we let you go? Well, I mean, it's just very they're, – they're very laid back right now, you know, and that well, it didn't feel like it was a laid back team when things weren't going well. Um, but uh, but they, you know, Dave's got a laid back feel to him. He's trusting the players. There's not like, you know, big meetings and everything like that. 
Um, I think they're ready to go. And Quiet you, confidence, is that fair? Yes, I think so. And that describes the way they play anyway. They're not a boisterous, look-at-me you know, kind of a program, and th- and that'll never change here. Even if you know they win a national championship, they're going to dogpile and all of that. But um, they're 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 not going to be showy. They're not changing the way they do things. And I heard you guys talking about it just before I went on. You know, are they playing their best baseball right now? Yes, they are because they're winning games in different ways. I trust teams that can win the high scoring games and the low scoring games. They just did that the last two weeks on the road against really good teams. Mm-hmm. They're dangerous right now. Yeah. Phil, I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, when I get to the Drover or wherever else we end up, I'm going to be dangerous, too. I'm going to eat a lot, and we're going to have a good time. It's yeah. going to be a good week. We have to take our time when we're chewing that meat, though, because it's you know really expensive. It's like eating gold. Okay. It's like eating chewy gold. Well, I want to end up like Basil, too. I mean, you know, he uh, he almost choked on a steak live on the air one day, so we got to be very careful about that. My mother, even as a child, was like, chew, chew. I was a I was a very fast eater even as a wee lad. So don't worry, I got a Heimlich. I, I can practice some Heimlich later today if I need to help you out. Hey, listen, better safe than sorry, my friend. All right, buddy, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming by. You got it. See you, Wes. And when uh, any Phil. idea when uh, your boy gets in tomorrow? Booba. Hey, Booba. That's what. By the way, that's what Big Poppy called him when they played together in Dominican. Booba. I love it. <laughs> uh, Bubba gets here. I'm not sure if he's getting here tomorrow night or early Saturday morning. He's got kids to coach. Players to to teach, you know, stuff to worry about involving other kids that play baseball. This is his busiest time of the year, and now he's got the College World Series, too, but it wouldn't be the same without him. It's too bad he's not coaching one of those youth teams up here in addition to calling games. That would really be fun. Time to start planning it that way, don't you think? No question. Yeah, I'll let Absolutely. him know that.